We're going to continue our sermon series today called The Nine on Faithfulness. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and how God, through the power of His Spirit, produces those things in our lives. And I'd like to read the scripture that we've been learning through over the past few weeks to you. It's Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. We're going to focus, as I said, on faithfulness today, but I want to start off by sharing this story with you. This man pastored and he preached at Omega Church for many years. He's a prominent pastor, and someone was saved from a biker gang one week. He was preaching Jesus, and someone was saved from a biker game dramatically. He saw the glory of Jesus on the cross. He believed in his death and resurrection. He believed that there was a heaven and a hell. That he believed that there was a God. He believed in eternity. He believed in God's holy church. He believed all those things with all his heart. So excited when he first heard and believed the gospel. But then after a few weeks, what turned into months, he walked up to the pastor after church and he said to him, I'm going back to the biker gang. He says, because I don't feel the same loyalty of faithfulness here at church. The friendships aren't the same. People aren't willing to live and to die for one another. People don't live life together. You feel like if one thing happens, one offense, if there's an eggshell to step on, someone will step on it. And before you know it, someone you spent the last few months, years with, they're gone because they were offended. There's, there's no loyalty here. There's no faithfulness here. There's, there's more of that in the biker game where we fought each other. I knew through for each other we go through thick and thin we go through good seasons and bad seasons we go through ups and downs we share a life together they have that here but at church I feel like I'm just showing up I'm just punching a card and I'm just leaving and there's no faithful friendships the pastor shepherded through that shepherded shepherded him in the right direction but that man has a good point that we all need to constantly be thinking about, and I want us to think about at Restoration Road. Our relationships here, our family here, should be some of the most faithful and loyal friendships we have. We should be known for our trustworthiness and our dependability. We should be able to look at our brother and sister, our father and mother, our son and daughter in Christ and say, whatever happens in my life, persecution, suffering, my own failures, whatever happens, I know they're going to be there in the trenches and not turn their back on me when the rubber hits the road. See, this is why Christianity was so attractive to the early church. This is why they would leave their comforts and why they would stand in the face of death and some even die. This is why they would be thrown in jail because say they are life in Christ where you are brothers and sisters who will lay down their life for each other, who would serve each other, who would live holy, who would fight evil and do good. This is a life that I will give up anything for. That's faithfulness and that's what Christ wants to produce in us. Where we know that our brother and sister, our friend here at Restoration Road would lay down their life if it came down to it. And they wouldn't turn on us for money, for fame, for comfort, for career, for anything else. That's what true family is about. 
I want us to hear. I want that fruit of the Spirit produced in our life because that's what we're all longing for. We're all longing for friendships that are faithful, families that are faithful, marriages that are faithful, brothers and sisters that are faithful, fathers and mothers that are faithful, sons and daughters who are faithful. We're looking for that loyalty rooted in Christ, and I pray today that we take another step closer to having that fruit of the Spirit expressed in our life as a church. We're going to focus on three things today. What does the fruit See how I preach on a bike again and a bike drives by? That's the sovereignty of God. You felt it. What does the fruit of faithfulness look like in a Christian's life? Why should we cultivate the fruit of faithfulness in our life? And how do we cultivate the fruit of faithfulness in our life? I want to start off, as I always do, with a nice, helpful, working definition of what faithfulness is. And it's from Christopher Wright, who wrote a book, Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit. He said, on one hand, being faithful means being trustworthy and dependable. On the other hand, it means being trustworthy and dependable over a long period of time. Faithfulness is the character of someone you know you can simply rely on all the time. And I had to prepare this message <coughs> by Tuesday of this week because we had a conference here with about 50 or 60 pastors. We got to help in our new church building. I loved every second of that, training pastors who are planting churches all around here. So the only challenge is when you prepare a message by Tuesday, God starts speaking you through his word through the rest of the week. So you got stuff you want to add to the message. So I got my little note card here with some important stuff for you as a side note, but it goes along with the big idea. Because as I thought of faithfulness, the main point I want to hit is, of course, we need to be faithful to one another. We need to be loyal to one another. We need to be trustworthy so other people can depend on us, no matter what. We need that kind of faithfulness. But there's something else that is very important when it comes to following Jesus. It's faithfulness through certain things, because following Jesus is extremely hard. That's why Jesus said the road is very narrow that leads to life. The road is very broad that leads to destruction because that road is so easy to walk on. And don't be deceived. Sin is a blast. It is a blast to live for yourself. It is a blast to be sinful. It is a blast. The works of the flesh are a lot of sinful fun. They're intriguing, they're enticing, they're tempting, they're satisfying to the flesh. There is no doubt about that. It's an easy road, but Jesus said the end is death. So it's an easy road, but then there's death and the wrath of God. To walk by the Spirit is hard and it is narrow. And there's a few things I want to give you to think about that are going to challenge your faithfulness to God and your faithfulness to each other. God's local church, his bride. The first one is self-denial. It's hard to be faithful to regularly denying yourself. What did our Savior Jesus say? He said, if you want to follow me, all who follow me, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. You see that picture he gives us of a cross of following Jesus. Nothing comfortable about that. 
If you're trying to paint a picture of a comfortable life, you don't use the cross as an example of denying yourself. Because there's been no greater self-denial than the Son of God, Jesus, giving up his life to save the world. If you want to follow Jesus, if I want to follow Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to deny yourself. He who wants to save his life must lose it to know the Christ. Our flesh wants to serve ourselves. Our flesh wants to indulge. Our flesh does not want to lay down. Our flesh does not want to take up the cross. But Jesus cries out to us through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us and says, deny yourself, and I will use you to help so many people, and you will become a faithful servant that pushes back on the darkness and helps people walk in the life and light of God. See people restored by the gospel. The second one is temptation. Sin is so tempting because it's so satisfying to the flesh. Your flesh is going to constantly want to indulge in sinful things. And sometimes people hear the gospel. You see them for weeks, or you see them even for months. But the fruit of this world, the fruit of sin, they'd rather take a bite out of that than the fruit of the Spirit. And many times it's not just people aren't disciplined. They think the world tastes better than the kingdom of God. And that's why many people don't remain faithful. It's not that the church isn't doing this good enough, or the church needs to be more loving, or the church needs to do that, and more people come. No, people love sin no matter what you do in the church, no matter what sometimes, people are going to love the world more. That's the path of those who follow Jesus. That's why he says, blessed are those who persecuted. They pinned me to a cross. What do you think they will do to you? I was perfect. You are sinners. If they nailed the perfect person, the only perfect person, Jesus Christ himself, who only acted in love on the cross, what would they do to his followers who are imperfect and failures and weak and sinners? They have charges against us. They had no charges against the Christ. It's tempting to love the world more than to love our Heavenly Father. And thirdly, and maybe the one I want you to hear the most today, we really do have an enemy. The attack of Satan himself causes many people to be unfaithful to Jesus Christ. And sometimes we forget about that spiritual war. And when we read these passages, we hear the Apostle Paul, and we see the Holy Spirit right through the Scriptures, that Satan and demonic persons... They do not want you to follow Jesus. Satan and his minions will do everything they can so that you are not a threat to the kingdom of darkness. He will tempt you with everything. He will lead you and deceive you so you live for yourself. He will do everything in his power so you do not live for the advancement of the gospel. It's hard to be faithful when you have an enemy. You even see when Jesus is given the parable of sowing the seed, what do he say? And hear the spiritual war in this. Because this is why many of our family and friends and um, co-workers don't believe. Because um, the disciples say, why don't they believe in you? He says, because when I sow that seed, Satan seals it out right away. So there's no faith. And you see Jesus over and over again, the Apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit writing in the scriptures Beware, 
The devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. He wants to devour your life so you're not faithful to God and faithful to serving others. And if we wake up like we have no enemy, we will be constantly defeated. Amen? One of the things that binds teams together, armies together, peoples together most, to understand we have a common enemy. One of the greatest things the devil has done has tried to act like we don't have a common enemy. So we don't unite together to fight against the works of Satan. It says Jesus appeared and lived for this, to destroy the works of Satan. And we need to become more and more aware that we have an enemy that does not want us to follow Christ because when we are a threat, because when we follow Christ, we are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. When we follow Christ, people come to Jesus. When we follow Christ, people are set free. When we follow Christ, people mature in the gospel. When we follow Christ, the fatherless find a father. When we follow Christ, the addicted become sober. When we follow Christ, the abused are healed. He does not want you to be faithful. So he's going to attack. He's going to make you live for things rather than for the one and only God. He'll make you live for your career rather than, than being generous and laying down your life. He'll make you live for that which is passing away. So you look back in your life and say, why did I waste it? I gained the whole world, but I lost my own soul. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Deny yourself. You have an enemy. You will be tempted, but the Spirit of God lives inside of you so you can be faithful and overcome the evil one. Faithfulness looks like trustworthiness and dependability through temptation, through self-denial, through the attacks of the enemy, through everything that's thrown at you in this life, and at the end of this life, or when Jesus returns, you, can st- you will stand before God and say, Jesus will say to you, what, are, what does everyone want to hear? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm preaching heavy up here today. Just wanted to recognize that to loosen it up a little bit. Let you guys breathe for a second. Everyone just held their breath for five minutes. Why should I cultivate the fruit of faithfulness in our life, in my life, in your life, in our life? The church, one of the reasons is the church is desperate for dependable, trustworthy, and faithful people. We no longer look at the church as a place to lay down our life. We look at the church as a place just to meet our needs. How can we be effective like that? We're no different than a restaurant if that's who we are. They don't serve us the right food. I'm down the street at the next door. You can't have a faithful community like that. When you're good at putting a family, you don't choose your family. The family chooses you and God chooses our family and we lay down our life for each other with all the imperfections because Christ laid down his life for us. It's what the Holy Spirit implores us to and calls us to, to live like Christ. We've got to be faithful to help others in the local church. That is the big why. See, the past week I talked about the fruit of goodness and here we get into talking about how this cluster of fruit is all connected. Faithfulness is so connected to doing good for others. So connected. Like when Apostle Paul says this, what do he say? He says, carry each other's burdens 
carry each other's burdens. Did you notice the plural on that? If I'm in my flesh, I'll show up for one burden. Don't ask me for another one. I ain't helping. Right? Burdens implies I got to help you carry the weight of life, the weight of temptation, the weight of the attack of the enemy, the weight of our own frailties over and over and over again. Day after day after day after day, moment by moment by moment by moment, faithfulness over a long period of time. You know, there's a, there's a place on Route 1 that opened up a few years called Harbor Freight Tools. And being a tradesman, you're always looking to balance affordability and quality, right? If you can find that magic tool that brings affordability and quality together, you've done it. You are the steward of the world. You have done it. So Harvard Freight Tools, what Harvard Freight Tools offers you is 99 drill bits for 99 cents. All the power tools you could ever want, man, they shine in there. You walk in, you're like, how is this a dollar for a sawzall? <laughs> like you, and you walk out of there with such a joy. Like, I did it. I did it. First job you use those drill bits on, you're like, I knew it. I got 98 more. This is unbelievable. It might even last the second job. Use that drill bit the third job. Broke, and they get weaker as you go. Snap, snap. Then you're saying they took my 99 cents. Dremel tool, think you got a nice power tool for 9.99. First time it's shiny, second time it ain't working. Now, if you can get yourself a Klein, a pair of Klein pliers, you can fight with those, you can hammer with those, you can cut with those. It's a dependable tool. I have a DeWalt Sawzall that my uncle gave me over 20 years ago. He gave it to me used. I have been using this DeWalt Sawzall for over 20 years. Every time it does the job, two by four, I'll cut a rock with that Sawzall. You understand me? It's dependable and it's trustworthy. What we don't want to be in the church is someone who starts out on fire. I love the gospel. I can't believe I get all this. I get God. I get the community. I get this. What happens? A few weeks go by. A few months go by. The hardships come. And all of a sudden, the tool starts to break. It starts not showing up for the job. It's not dependable. We need to be the DeWalt Sawzall. We need brothers and sisters in Christ who we know are not going to run when things get hard. Every season, the job's inside or outside. The job's tough. It's old work or new work. And we are there through every season, and I can look at my brother and sister in Christ, and they're a beautiful DeWalt Sawzall. That image is going to stay with you. You're going to want to be a Sawzall. We've got to seek the Spirit to be trustworthy and dependable people so that the body of Christ can rely on us and we can rely on others. This is the power of God. He's chose that His hands and his feet and his instrument in this world is the body of Christ. Satan's going to do everything to destroy it because he knows the power in it and the king of it and the freedom it can bring. We must 
be faithful friends and brothers and sisters to one another and fight for that. You know, this church is six years old now. Um, and through the years, some leaders have come and gone. And there's always a different reason for why they leave. But it's just a way to justify to take off when things get hard. The way I understand it. One thing I always look for in a leader is loyalty. Because you can't fight a battle where someone's not faithful to the end. How many times I've sat down with men and they said, oh, the career, the money, the comfort. Different way to say, we're in the trenches, this is too hard, I'm out of here. And that's the truth. But I want to praise someone today and make them uncomfortable and embarrassed. But I asked them if I could. When we started our Restoration Road, Dave was 28 years old. The most unorganized person you ever met in your life. Got it from Roger. Well, actually, Roger's the most unorganized, and Dave comes in a second. <laughs> and I say that in love because I love both of them. I mean, just to give you an idea, we had our Ascendant Church, Seven Mile Road, we had the meeting with the whole church to announce we're planning this church. All the members show up. Dave was invited. We're getting ready to say, we're going to do this. We're getting out there. We're planning the church. Looking at my clock. Okay, Dave's not here. All right, they want me up there to speak on the vision. Dave's not here. Dave's not here. Meeting over. Dave's not here. Dave's not here. Dave, where were you? I was smoking a cigar. One of my friends just had a baby. He forgot about the meeting. People can't even laugh about that, Dave. It was really bad. <laughs> but this gives you an idea of what we were up against. But what I believe is Dave's most, his strongest quality is faithfulness. His strongest quality is I knew when we were in the trenches that he was going to be there and not run the other way. And I remember pastor said that to me from our other church because a few leaders came with us. He said, I, I wanted to tell you, but I just let it go. I said, those other guys, I knew they wouldn't stick around. I said, but Dave, he will stay to the end and he'll fight with you. And you know what happens when you have the fruit of faithfulness? Dave, I would categorize him as extremely organized now. At this point, he's giving me emails I don't want to answer because they're too organized. They make my job harder. But what faithfulness does, it allows you to stick around long enough for Christ to do his work in you. That's what the fruit of faithfulness does. It can overcome so much because when you stay around and you're willing to fight, you don't look the same as last year. You don't look the same as five years ago. And if you stay faithful to the body of Christ and you keep forgiving and keep loving, you start to look like Jesus because you can't stay around and love people and fight for people and not become more like Jesus because that's what he did. He laid down his life. Now, if all we do is ever run, we will be habitual runners. We will see hardships, and we will look for greener pastures, but every green pasture has a wall you ultimately run into, and unless you run through it, you're going to have to find another one. Am I preaching truth? This is for many of you today. 
Because God the Holy Spirit is calling you to be a faithful and dependable person. Many of you right here in Restoration Road to give your lives so people can know Christ and be restored by the gospel and grow in Christ. And he wants to make you tools that can be used on the job. He doesn't want you on the bench in the sidelines watching every more. He doesn't want you in the arena watching the gladiators fight. He wants you to become a gladiator and be in the arena. To be faithful to the end until Jesus returns. This is the gospel. This is the fruit of faithfulness. So I want to give you just two things to think about because we all want to be faithful. We all want to be dependable. We all want to make it through thick and thin. We all want to be there at the end here, well done, my good and faithful servant. There's two things that I want you to think about. <laughs> the first being, commit to faithfully loving and imperfect people, Jesus' local church. Commit to loving and imperfect people, Jesus' local church. Every committed relationship, every covenantal relationship under heaven is a person committing to loving an imperfect person. And every community you commit to love to is committing to loving an imperfect people. And I want to use a funny example, and I'm not going to say his name right. I started reading Crime and Punishment this week. And so this Russian name, please forgive me, I can't do Greek, I can't do Russian. I do Boston really good. Dostoevsky? It's a little off. It's 80%. Come on. I wanted to read about the author. And so I went and I read about this author. He had a problem with extramarital affairs, just works of the flesh. But something he said about one of his mistresses really made me think. It made me think. She was an unfaithful woman. He was an unfaithful man. So this comes from a heart of unfaithfulness. He said about one of his mistresses, he said, she was a great egoist. Her egoism and her vanity are colossal. She demands everything of other people, all the perfections, and does not pardon the slightest imperfection in the light of other qualities that one may possess. Do you see the ego in there? We've all had that heart, right? Our view of ourselves is so colossal that the slightest imperfections in others, their frailties, their weaknesses, we will not pardon them because our view is so high of ourselves. We do not commit to loving and perfect people. To serve Jesus and to be a faithful servant is to commit the rest of your life to loving and perfect people. Jesus laid his life down for all imperfect people. We must learn to pardon the sins of others, to forgive the sins of others because Christ has forgiven us, amen? This is one of the key ingredients to faithfulness. I believe one of the many reasons that people are unfaithful to the local church is because we become great egoists. And pride, the original sin, causes us not to be faithful. But what we must do is break through that wall with the power of the gospel and commit to loving Jesus' local church with all its imperfections. Isn't that what we do in our marriages? Has your wife or husband done everything you want this past week? Just perfect resume. How were they? Awesome again, perfect. Staying around. I'm a pastor. You know what I hear most of the time? I can't stand them. They're driving me crazy. 
That's what I hear. But we say, they're imperfect. I'm going to love him. I'm going to love her in sickness and health, in better or worse. I'm going to be standing here at the end if it costs me my life. That's the heart of Christ. That's the heart of Christ. And the final thing I want you guys to be thinking about to grow in faithfulness. Start by finding small things to faithfully steward in the church you're called to, then gradually grow in faithfulness. See, what we do sometimes is we start out way too much. We start out with way too much, but Jesus says what? Be faithful with little, and I will allow you to be faithful with much. And I, was list- I listened to this podcast called Entree Leadership. Entree Leadership. And a guy was on who wrote this book called Atomic Habits. And he's talking about how to grow in disciplines. I know many of you just want to grow in faithfulness. You want to grow in discipline. Your desire is to be faithful. But how do you bridge that gap? And he gave a great example that I want us to, it was about working out, but I want us to think about it with serving Christ church. He said he wrote this book, Atomic Habits, and a guy wrote into him that he started with this one simple goal to work out. He said, I'm going to drive to the gym three to five times a week, and that's where I'm starting. And every three to five times a week, he got up early in the morning and he drove to the gym. <laughs> the next week, he got up early in the morning and drove to the gym three to five times. Now, I'm afraid you heard me say he drove to the gym and worked out. He drove to the gym and sat in the parking lot. He did for that for like three or four months. He'd just get up early, go through all that, you know? Drives to the gym and parks in the parking lot. For like three months he did that. But you know what happened? He learned to show up. That one atomic habit, to be faithful, to go in the gym, he learned to show up. You know what he did after three, four, five months? He went into the gym and he worked out five minutes. Because he already learned to show up. So that, that habit, that faithfulness, that was stuck. That has stuck in his life habit. Before you know it, in a few years, he would three to five times a week, he was showing up at the gym and he was a lot healthier person. That's being faithful with little that leads to much. The problem with us is we show up with the belt on, the bum equipment shirt, with the neck tied out like Jeff in the 80s, and we're trying to squat 215. And then wondering why we ain't showing up next week, like, you know? You've got to start out with showing up. You've got to start out with showing little. Be faithful with that. God is watching. Do you want to push back on darkness? Do you want to help people get free? Do you want to grow in Christ yourself? Start somewhere being faithful. And I'm telling you, if you want to be used, Christ will use you. If you're willing to abandon all, deny yourself, overcome temptation through the power of his spirit, resist the devil through the power of his word, and believe God's promises of the gospel. So I want to say these few things to you. For some of you, you may become to church two or three times a year. And I'm not looking at anyone in particular. I prepared this before I came in. Everyone's like, oh, shoot, I was here four times. What if you made a goal to go to church once a month? Once a month. And you went from two times Christmas and Easter and maybe a Good Friday. You would have gone to church 12 times to gather with God's people, to hear his word, to take communion, 
to sing its praises. All of a sudden, you've grown. My math ain't great, but roughly 75% more. 2019, you're at church 12 times. You're so holy in Boston if you do that. Like once a month, you're killing it, bro. Right? <laughs> Who knows what 2020 could look like? You might show up 15 times. But you got to start somewhere. See, people go with that perfect attendance thing, right? I went to church 52 times. But then you miss once. You're so down that perfect attendance is gone. I can't show up for another three months. I was doing so good. No. There's grace. Start with once a month. That's an attendance. For some of you, God wants you to say no to certain things so you can say yes to the right things. You have, a hard, you have a trouble saying no. You never say no. What if you committed in the same way? So 2018, you didn't say no to anything because you were afraid of people and afraid of letting people down and all these things. So your plate was overflowing and you just like run around with the chicken like your head got. And 2018 was like, I can't do it. What if you committed in 2019, I'm going to say no once a month. This March, it's only seven days. I can't wait for someone to ask me something. I'm going to say no. You might want to say yes, but you say no because you've got to do it. But what if you committed to say no to one thing per month that overflowed your plate so you weren't over capacity? That means you could say yes to something right, like serving your church or having coffee with someone who's just growing in Christ. Right? That's 12 times you said no to the wrong things and 12 times you said yes to the right things. You've got to start there. And you'll be amazed what Jesus does in faithfulness in your life. For some of you, you've done great on attendance and meeting people and growing. God's calling you to take the next step and serve once a month on a team. Saying, you know what? I'm going to deny myself a little bit and I'm going to serve once a month on a team to help the body of Christ help bear the burden. And do you know how much that would help us out? That faithfulness just in that little thing makes dramatic differences. So Restoration Road, I want to close just on this point. Sometimes we forget just how consistent Jesus is. We might think about Jesus just in three years of his ministry or three days of his death and resurrection, which are unbelievably powerful, the most powerful thing we will ever experience. But we forget for over three decades, he faithfully served and loved people and faithfully overcome sin, overcame sin and never sinned, faithfully overcame the evil one time and time again, faithfully overcame temptation, faithfully denied himself so that we could know the love of God, be forgiven and reconciled with God and have eternal life. Amen? All our consistency all our faithfulness is built on the gospel of the one we worship today, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, would you cause your word to take root in our heart, Father? For you are faithful even when we're faithless. You have been faithful to us all the years of our life. And we all will attest to the reality that you have been good to us. But Father, we want your spirit and your faithfulness to us to overflow to others. So that they see the light and love of your gospel. We want to be known as brothers and sisters in Christ who are trustworthy and dependable. 
and we'll fight for each other and be there for each other in good seasons and bad seasons, that we will pardon each other for our imperfections, for our selfishness, for our, even our sins towards one another. Help us to do that, Lord, because of your cross, the cross of your son, Jesus. Produce the fruit of your, of your spirit in our lives that we might push back on evil and darkness, Lord, and we ourselves might experience the wonderful joy that is only found in you through the gospel, Father. Let this church be a church that is known as a faithful community of friendships, of family, where when we're going through our hard times, we know we can call each other and that we'll be there for each other in all times and every time. Amen.